Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. All right, let me welcome to the show. This woman has a, an amazing magazine uh, that she inspired. She was inspired by her daughter to put out, and it celebrates, of course, little black girls, black hair, black the black woman experience. It's called Coco Girl Magazine. It's the first uh, UK's first magazine to celebrate black girls, and now there's a book. Coco Girl, awesome hair. Let me welcome to the show the author and the brainchild behind the brand, Miss Serlina Boyd. Welcome to the Karen Hunter Show. Thank you for having me, Karen. Thank you so much. I'm oh. a big fan of this. Oh, okay. Honored. Thank you. Appreciate you. Um, t- first of all, accent means you're from across the pond. I guess you are uh, British. Is that uh, is that how we say this? Yes. Yeah. Are you British? Uh, I am. I'm British. I I was actually brought up a few years in New York in the okay. Bronx. Actually, so you're um, you're a New Yorker. Yeah, <laughs> you're, kinda. You're you're, uh, you're African. You're African. Are you African as well? Well, my parents are from um, Jamaica. Okay, um, so part of the Windrush. Uh, yes, most and, definitely. Things are changing. Before we get into Coco Girl, um, I'm noticing that as people learn more, I'm watching this documentary on the colonization of, of, of Africa and how great Britain did that. And they brought in Jamaica and the Jamaica, I think it's a Nigerian connection and you know how like we just got spread and it's through this kind of great Britain lens, you know, which is different than a lot of the documentaries that we consume here. And I'm finding the, the thread among us is so powerful but we have been purposely snipped from one another and it's coming back. So maybe 15 years ago, people would be great. You know, I'm from Great Britain. I'm from London. I'm from North London, South London or whatever. You'd be happy. Now people are more leaning into I'm Jamaican or I'm African by way of Jamaica that, you know, where, what are you seeing um, where you are right now? I'm seeing basically when I grew up, all I heard was, you know, you're from the Caribbean, you're Jamaican. We didn't explore that side of our African roots. And it's only now since doing my magazine and I'm exploring it for myself. There's a lot of us just drawing more to Africa. Like I long to go to Ghana um, and just find out more about my roots. Um, I got married in Jamaica uh, 12 years ago. You know, I haven't been back. And now I'm trying to get to Ghana. I'm trying to get to Nigeria. You know, my illustrator lives out in Nigeria. So I feel like right now in the UK, there's a lot of um, people just trying to discover who they truly are by just researching their history. And one of the ways they're doing it as well is through is through the magazine. Mm. So 2020, we're all mm. on lockdown. Uh, tell us the story of, of the birth of Coco Girl magazine. Yeah, we're all on lockdown and I have a very, um, a very unconfident daughter who was struggling with her hair and skin tone because at school she was bullied. Um, and she was the only black girl in her class. And I would be always coming to pick her up from school. And she said, mommy, someone called me this today. Someone pulled my hair. So before lockdown, I was doing projects where she was learning about herself. I actually pulled her out of school and was homeschooling her as well. 
Um, so basically I had to just teach her about who she was. Um, just one quick thing as well. I went to her school one day and I saw a display. It said year one display. And this had all the children in year one on it. Well, it should, it should have all the children in year one. And I knew that Faith was the only black girl in her class, but I knew in the year there was about up 10 other black children. And when I looked on this display, there was only blonde haired children, that was all. And um, I looked in the corner and I saw a really dark painting where the skin tone blended in with the hair, the lips were red. Um, and I found it offensive because to me, it looked like a gollywog. And when I looked up, I was just horrified. My daughter runs in and says, mommy, mommy, that's me. My teacher painted that of me. So uh... I knew there was something wrong with the school also the system the educational system and so my husband was like selena don't go in just there because it was a parents even i said no i'm going to tackle it this with the head teacher and when i went to the head teacher's office um a week later because she, she didn't want to see me any time earlier she knew what i was going to complain about um she said that she didn't find anything wrong with the painting but the one black teaching assistant found something wrong and um, so now they're taking the display down. So I said to them, do you celebrate Black History Month? Oh yes, Mrs. Boyd, didn't you get the letter? We showed an ex-drug dealer, a video of him in the, in the assembly who has changed his life around. So I said, you know, there are so many incredible people in history you could not show them. And I tried so much with this school to get more books, to show more representation, but um, it was just getting worse and worse for Faith. And so I removed her. So that time where it was locked down, I was trying to find another school for her and we could only you know, educate at home. So when I went to go to the magazine stands, cause I thought, right, I'm gonna get some exercise books for my daughter. Um, but also I want to get some magazines because I had been in the publishing world, but wasn't allowed really in the UK to progress. So I left and I became a childminder and couldn't work anyway during the lockdown. And when I looked through the magazines, it was like a light bulb had switched on that my daughter couldn't see herself in any of these magazines. No wonder she wanted her hair to be different because unlike the US, in the UK, we are so far behind there was nothing on the shelves that represented us. So I said to myself, with my knowledge of, um, you know, the magazine world, and my husband is a photographer, during the lockdown, we're just gonna do a project and do a magazine. I made a little website. Um, and I remember putting this magazine cover on, no, actually it was, I was just about to launch the magazine and George Floyd had died. And I thought, right, this murdered. is not the right. Let's say he was killed. He didn't just die. Yeah. He was murdered. So when that I was about to launch this magazine, I had to think, right, is this a good timing? So people said, right, you know, we, we need to we need to launch more things now. We need to tell people our stories. And I launched the magazine and my phone was going off. I was selling this magazine a second. Um I think in one day we sold a thousand copies and this is people that hadn't seen the inside of a magazine, but they just saw a magazine cover. 
and the rest is history. I mean, now we are a part of the school's library across the UK. That's 2.1 million children. Wow. Uh, I have a school subscription list just blowing up. You know, we were approached to be in the shop. So I'm the first Black-owned publisher in this country to have a magazine in the shops. My daughter's confidence, you know, no one can tell her about anything. You know, she's on a, she was on, she's working on a secret project at the moment. And the person said to her last week, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? She said, I want to be a preacher. Should I learn about Martin Luther King? I want to be, you know, that's, that's, that's her. She's so confident and bold because she knows who she is. And I didn't wait for the education system to tell her, I've used the magazine to show not only her, but other children who they are. Mm. Representation matters. We were um, talking about that with, um, was the, um, the Lin-Manuel Miranda um, piece and the little boy with the black, you know, with the black. Yes. And his little, and his hair and all of the, all of the imagery, you know, children need to see themselves. And it's interesting. I don't know how our parents and grandparents navigated those waters for us. Um, and maybe, maybe they didn't do it so well, you know, cause the first person I ever saw on television that looked like me was Diane Carroll and Julia and mm-hmm. her little son, Corey. But then the seventies, you know, in the eighties gave us, you know, Fred, Red Fox and, uh, the Jeffersons and good times. And then we got the Cosby and the different worlds. And there's this been a, you know, a constant barrage of imagery. And this, I think we're in a golden era of seeing ourselves, but yet that indoctrination is still so prevalent and it's hard to undo 400 years in some cases, 500, 600 years of damage. It's hard to undo it, but we're doing it. So, and, and it helps. Uh, and, but I have a question though, we're, we're talking with Selena Boyd, you, you know, you sending your child to a school where there were no people who looked like her, where there were no educators who looked like her. We were talking with uh, as a person that's part of our family from London. He said, you know, Dr. Carr is his first black educator in his entire life. And he's well into maybe his 50s or 60s. What was there even a thought that she wouldn't be seen or that wasn't even you didn't even think about it until you were confronted with it? Yeah, I didn't think about it because. Um, When I went to school in the UK, I was the only black girl in my class. I went to um, a school where, um, you know, my best friend was like the most popular girl in the class. So no one would ever think of saying anything racist to me. Um, So I thought Faith would be fine. I mean, as well, my home, my dad had these little rituals on a Sunday, would play his reggae and um, just... I had all this African art around me all the time. My dad, he has all these beautiful, you know, artwork. And I guess for me, um, in that, in one sense, I think Faith never experienced that, you know, and that's something now I'm doing. I'm taking her to galleries. My dad did all of that. So in one sense, she had a little bit of a difference in her upbringing in terms of, the way what was surrounding her at home um but I didn't really think about her going to this school and there'll be any problem because it's 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 not a private school but it is the best school in that area it just wasn't the best school for black Uh children and Mm. for her and also I teach music so I fought to be to 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 teach music there to, to you know during lunchtime do like a choir practice with some of the children 
they wouldn't let me in. These these teachers would not let me in to do nothing. And that's when the alarm bells were coming up. That you know she's not welcome here. Mm. So where is she now? <laughs> she's homeschooled. The, she's completely. Homeschooled. So she's not okay. Yeah, and she will be. We we're looking at sending her to school in September, but we're really in the schools. And yeah, I, I don't. She she doesn't want to go. So we're just research because as my as my workload is getting heavier, that's something we're looking at. But you know, one thing I have to say, my son is homeschooled. He's four, and he knows so much. He knows his times tables. He knows um, just about his culture. And one thing that he does with his sister nearly every day is celebrate her. He'll go mm. faith. You're so beautiful. Faith, I love your hair. And it's so different from when I was growing up because my brother would like, you You know, you wash your hair. Obviously I got short hair now, but when it was longer and it shrank and it's like, ah, look at your hair. I never was that confident about my hair because I always felt, you know, funny. But Faith is so confident. You know, I wish she could, wish she could come on the show. Wait, where is she? Is she right there in the house? No, she's sleeping. She's sleeping. Oh, this, different this, hours. This is her. This is her. Oh. oh, she's beautiful. And is it available in America? Yeah, so it's in Barnes and Noble. Um, we're looking at getting some more distributors out in the US because really it's more of a B2B magazine for schools. So it's, you know, teachers are using it as an educational tool. Um we also are, are going to be in South Africa in most of the schools between March um, and April. And then also Singapore are interested in, in taking some copies as well into some of the schools. Oh, wow. That's super Have important. You reached out to Scholastic. I would say Scholastic because they're the largest publisher of children's books worldwide. Yeah, so it's like we, we do work with publishers because our whole ethos is to teach children to read. The majority of the children, um, the majority of the writers of the magazine are all children. They're all young journalists. I mean, um, and they they research the topics they want to do. We have, you know, a Zoom call about what we're going to write this month. I mean, this month we're focusing on a group of black boys that attend the highest institution in this country, and that's Eton College. They, they, you know, it, oh, it was, I went there last week and I was blown away when I walked in a room and I saw about 15 black boys stood up out of respect, dressed in their fine uniform. Um, and this, this institution or education institution, you could not attend this many years ago if you were black. And... You know, they are all A star, A grade students going on to Cambridge and they're, you know, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. So we're writing about them in this next issue of of the boy version, Coco Boy. Coco Boy, Coco Boy, Coco Girl, side by side. Talk a little bit about the process. So 2020, you're sitting home, you're like, I got to do something to impact my daughter. And then how, because a lot of people have ideas ideas and we all have we all have thoughts and dreams how did you execute this Serlina Boyd is here how did you execute I firstly you know wanted to check with a friend who is a publisher so I said to him look I have this idea um and he said look 
it's never ever going to take off because basically and this is where I say the UK is different to the US whatever you're trying to do and you're trying to target a black audience it won't sell so I said okay I'm gonna do it and I you know mocked up a rough idea of what I wanted the front cover to look like my husband's a photographer set up a studio in my living room because it's locked down um and that's it just went from there and I think when people actually saw the content because the content is a little girl made her own hair um butter because all the shops in the UK were closed during lockdown. So she said, I want to write a recipe. And she did that. And that was in the magazine. Um, really lots of things on mental health, recipes. Um, we had a whole page dedicated to Black Barbie dolls. Okay. And this is another thing that I did because I wanted to reach the brand Barbie to advertise with us eventually. So I asked them if they could send me all the images of their Barbie dolls that were black or, you know, had some representation and they did. And during the lockdown, the sales of their Fashionista dolls went up. So I tagged them in my advert and I said, Barbie, I see your Fashionista dolls have gone up. Can we, can we get you as an advertiser? And, 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 and they are one of our advertisers. Look and, at that. Yeah. Uh, so I was going to ask you, because I know just personally publishing is a tough business. Um, yeah. shipping costs, they wax and wane, advertising waxes and wanes. I was just talk, talking to my team today and I was like, you know, to the point that Black Enterprise Essence and a lot of these magazines are now event marketing companies. They're no longer really magazines. The magazine is the marketing tool to the event, whether it's a golf, you know, golf uh, tournament or a festival like Essence. That's where they make their money now. So what's the business uh, for Coco Girl and Coco Boy in terms of like how, you know, 2022, two years in, how are you doing? We're doing, we're doing really good. We um, just signed some deals with, um, so one of them is LOL. Um, we're talking to Lego. I, I really target, I want to target the big brands because I feel that they can invest in the advertising um, and they are, the brands are actually coming to us, but you just pointed out something so important. It's about the events. So I've set up a charity arm to my business as well called the Coco Dream Society, where we put on festivals and events and a portion of what we basically get from the sales of tickets or things like that will go to sending black boys and girls to private institutions where they get a really good um, education. So one of the things that we've been, we're looking at to do more is more events. Um, the last event that we did, we put out a thousand tickets and this one was free, but we got a lot of sponsors to pay for advertising. Um, and there were four and a half thousand people that turned up that day. Um, when, when I say in the UK, there is a need, I don't know if you've heard of a day. Well, I think, and I know you have actually Black Pound Day um, where it's a day every single month. I think the first Saturday of every month, um, people spend, you know, black and they buy black products. And I feel that right now there's such an exciting shift happening in the UK. Um, we were able to have a market at our event, which was just black owned products. And people mm -hmm. were like, wow, I didn't know that you could get this. Or 
you know, when you saw, when you looked across the hall and you just saw, like there were two black boys, um, their their business is called Duke of London, and they were they they sold out of their sunglasses. You oh know, just these entrepreneurs, and there's so many of these black owned businesses over here um, that are just now coming up, and 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 we're all really trying to work together because in the UK it, it is hard. It really is hard. Eight six six eight zero one eight two five five. Selena Boyd. Uh, she now is the author of Coco Girl, Awesome Hair. So what was the, the you know, you go from the magazines to now children's book. Um, what's that process? And did you produce that yourself or did you partner with someone? Yeah, so I did get, after we got quite a lot of um, interest in the magazine, we had lots of publishers come in to say, can we give you a book deal? And some of the things that they presented weren't right. So I said, I would love a book deal, but I want you to do a book that I want to do and not a book that you want to do. So I felt it was really important to do a hair book because I had never seen one before, which was a step-by-step guide to styling textured hair. Um, It was, I think, the first thing that Faith fell in love with when she came through that, she's still going through it but this this confidence period now where she was just like I love my hair mom I can do so much with it so we I wanted to do this book um and I was able to help with the design process um with writing it as well but also what shocked me about the Mm. book was not only um the parents that had different hair to their children commenting but the grandparents that said, I could never find something that I could read or do that connected me really with my grandchild who is from a a different culture. And I I love the fact that this book allows us to have these conversations because it also covers a little bit about our hair history as well. so, so yeah. it's not a let me correct. It's not a children's book. It's not a children's pictures book. It's a book for children, and it goes step by step in how to style hair and all of these different hairstyles. And listen, you know, uh, as a child, you know, with the barrettes growing up, and the there's the three pony, the two ponytails with the one in the back. You know, we all had, you know, like, or the two in the back and the one in the front. Oh my god, and the one on the side, and then you know, like there's just you know, our, our parents probably ran out of ways to do hair. There's a lot of little short com- cartoons and and short you know little little children's books about hair, but this is the yeah. first one that gives you instructions. Do you show the braids in it? Because you know we can't look inside. There's no look inside <laughs> in this, which I yeah, think is smart. We, we do. We, we we basically show people how to cornrow. Um, so for the first time, because during the lockdown as well, there were white mothers that were sent that that couldn't send their children to the hairdressers like they normally would. Because they just thought, I'm, I, I'm too frightened to touch the hair. I just can't bond with this hair. I don't know how. And they were learning how to cornrow for the first time. Wow. And they post us in these images and say, look what we've done. Thank you. The, you know, the reviews have been really good. Um, but that was just my dream and desire to have a book. And then I could go into schools and have these talks about, your hair is awesome. You know, you can do so much with it. I mean, Faith as I say, keep referring to my daughter, 
there's days where she styled her hair about seven times and that's something we need to kind of cut down on because she <laughs> doesn't have any hair left. Where did you I get the- my hair oh, every eight weeks, so I'm I'm with Faith. You know, sometimes you just need a new look. You want to be somebody new. <laughs> Where did you get the the hairstylist who who participated in giving you the style? Because are you are you adept at this, Selena Boy? You I mean, you keep your short cropped and it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, are you are you the expert? Like, where did you get the expert uh, stylist? Yeah, so one of the stylists in there is a lady called Lorraine Dublin. She is Serena Williams's hairstylist. Um, we have um, a lady called November Love that's from the States. She's brilliant at hair. So I just was on Instagram and I would just go to people's account. Would you be able to be in my book? And would you be able to contribute a hairstyle? And yeah, it, it, it really was a combination of what Faith wanted to put in the book and some of the beautiful hairstyles I was seeing online, which were easy enough to do. Well, this is amazing. Um, Tanya, you have, you have, uh, I wish I had a book like this growing up. Uh, cause I, I, uh, I think my mother got tired at some point. Yeah. My daughter had hair that I did not understand. It was not like my hair. She got that combination hair, some, some, some curlless and smooth and straight. I, I, I was, she did never, she was never happy with what I did with it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, I guess as well back then, um, in terms of books, it, it, for me, I don't ever remember seeing any hairstyles in books for me. That's all I, I just remember picking up books, probably in my school libraries, um, and there was nothing that I could relate to. So I think for, you know, even my mom, she just stuck to the basic. I had four big cane rolls, and that's how I had to wear my hair even to secondary school, um, which is like, see, just got, I had to wear my hair like that. And I remember begging my mom to relax my hair, please. I'm so big now. I'm there. I'm like 14, please. And you know, that's when I relaxed my hair, I was like, I've made it. But you know, this generation, they won't really be looking at that now. No, it's no. especially in the UK with this movement. Oh, I love the movement. And as you're talking, I, f- I sh- feel like we could fill up four volumes, maybe 10 volumes of books of girls' uh, hair trauma. The trauma somebody posted during Black History Month, two hot combs and uh, what's the what's the, the hair grease, the aqua? Um, blue, blue magic we have. Blue, blue magic, oh, but there was like Dax and well, a few others. And it was like, what day of the week is this? What day of the week is this? And I was like, ah, I immediately got like traumatized and I could smell it. And then I'm like, I, I remember holding the ear down, I, the, the right. crispy, the crispy tops of the ears, the back of the neck. Cause you always going to get yeah. at s- some point you're going to get burnt. And it was trauma, 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 trauma. And I'm sure we all have stories. Uh, but this this helps a lot, uh, Selena, and uh, this is inspiring. It's amazing, and kudos to you. We're talking about Coco Girl. Awesome hair is the book, but Coco Girl Mag. You can follow her at Coco Girl Mag. Uh, and amazing job that you've done. Thank you so much. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to the Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.